We are proudly sponsored by High Stride Equine Law. They understand that the horse industry can feel overwhelming when it comes to legal matters. A focus on champion results, High Stride strives to work with its clients to offer the best solution for each and every unique situation. Get started today at HighStrideLaw.com. Equine Law by Equine Attorneys. Hi, everyone. This is Regina. Hi, horse lovers. This is Lynn. This week on the Horse Industry Podcast. Hi, Hannah. Welcome to the Horse Industry Podcast. Hi. Hey, tell us about before we get into this story that I'm so, I am so dying to hear the story about baby Theodore. But before we get into that, Give us a little background as to what you are, who, you know, who you are, horse okay. trainers, you and your husband, what do you do? Kind of paint that picture for us of your life. Well, I'm Hannah DeYoungi. I've grown up with horses my entire life. Me and my husband met in 2009 at my horse trainer's barn. He was boarding there and we met and we've been together since then. We got married in 2011 and we showed as non-pros for a while. And then Justin's family finally built us a barn and one thing led to another. And we started training horses, I think in like 2016, somewhere around in there and building a business up since then. And horses have just been the center of our lives. We've already, we've, all, we've always kind of bred on and off for the last couple of years. I've really tried to get more into like the breeding of horses. I just love the foals and young horses and everything like that. It's pretty exciting to have babies around. That's for sure. But yes. it, it comes with heartache and it comes yes. with struggles, which pretty much brings us to the story of Theodore. Mm -hmm. I will share with you that, you know, being from Michigan, I, you know, watch a lot of the other trainers and barns and, and I get so excited to see pictures and hear updates on how shows go and I saw that baby Theodore was born and that was just a warm fuzzy. But then fast forward and it wasn't much longer after that. Suddenly he was in Kentucky fighting for his life. Yup. What happened? Well, actually uh, Theodore's mom, Janie, mm -hmm. I bred and raised her and we've actually had two other fools out of her that didn't make it. So she has a bunch. She's like VIP. They stay at my vet. Like we really wow. wanted this baby and everything like that. So before what we happened, bred her, what happened to those foals? The first foal was a twin, and we think when we pinched off the one foal that it caused a mutation in that one because it was full terms. It was just born with some mutations and stillborn. Oh, and then the, her the foal before after that Lyle, he was born healthy and everything, but he somehow my freak accident and my luck, he ended up breaking a rib and it punctured a lung. Oh. And so we lost him at MSU. They did everything they could to save him. And he just, after we found out his lung was punctured, we couldn't, you know, do anything to save him after that. Hannah, so, how do you, how do you cope with those things? Oh, it was hard. Cause all I want is a full out of Janie so bad. It was, you know, I have some amazing vets at home and they are like just as much involved with Janie as I am. So that's helped a ton. Mm -hmm. And so we found out that she actually has Cushing's disease, which she is super, super young to have Cushing's. Mm -hmm. And so when we knew when the baby was born, Janie didn't have milk. So we had 
plasma ready to go for the baby and goat's milk until her milk came in. Okay. And so it got plasma right away, but we were thinking, and I was gone at a horse show in Cloverdale. So Justin, my husband actually had to do all the feeding every two hours for the first like three or four days until I got home. And this is baby, this is baby Theodore. Yep. This is baby Theodore. So he was feeding him every two hours with the goat's milk. And, you know, we were giving Janie medicine to have her milk come in. And when I got home, he was still doing good. But at that night at 2 a.m. when I got up to feed him, I noticed he had diarrhea. Uh And I was like, oh, that's not good. So Uh my vets got out here at nine o'clock in the morning. We drew blood and they're like, yep, you know, he has an infection. He needs to go get some help. So we sent him to a vet hospital and they got there and he's like, they're very, very sick. And, you know, they're like, you know, we're going to treat him the best we can. And sad like to it was a hard time for me and like the first hospital he was at because I ended up having to transfer him to a different vet hospital mm-hmm. because like the communication I had like just wasn't good and I like I trusted my gut and I was like to Justin good. I was like I don't think this is the place for him so, so I was I had appointment what uh, so basically let me let me recap this because and, and I'm sure it went so fast for you yeah. <laughs> when this was going down. So you pretty much noticed that he had some loose stool, some diarrhea. Yep. And then you drew some blood and he he had an infection. Did you have yep. any idea where that infection was? Uh we had no idea. We figured it was probably we think probably from not getting colostrum that his yeah. body just couldn't fight off. Back like bad bacteria. He just didn't have enough good bacteria. Uh huh. And so my vet was like, you know, we can't really treat him at home as well as they could with a vet hospital because he probably has to have intravenous meds. Yep, he needed IV meds. He had a septus. That's a blood infection. Yeah. And so we had him at the first hospital, and like they were like, I feel like they're great for a lot of things, but it just it wasn't a match for me. I didn't click with the vets, and like I just didn't feel like. Theodore's vet best like interest for being met at the time. Like I just didn't feel like they were helping him. Right. And, like we were getting to a point where we were gonna have to start making decisions if he was gonna live or die. And I was like to Justin, I'm like, I just don't feel good about this. I feel like we need to bring him home. Mm-hmm. And when we need to take him somewhere else. And Justin got there and he literally thought he was dead. Ugh. And he was like, Hannah, I'm bringing him home so you can say goodbye. I don't think there's anything else we can do. He goes, I know you don't want him to be put down here. So I'm going to bring him home for you to say goodbye to him. Oh, so, Hannah, that's just heartbreaking. Yeah, like he had to carry him to the trailer and lay him down in there. And it was awful. How is, but, the, how is the mayor through all this? She's amazing. She's the best mayor in the world. Like she loves him. She just wants him to be okay. So she's doing whatever she can. Mm. And so we get him home and he's trying to nurse. So I'm like holding him up to nurse. Oh. And like squirting milk in his mouth, just trying to get him some strength bath. And I called my vet and I was like, he still wants to fight. I'm like, I'm not ready to give up. Can you just come and like take a look at him? She's like, absolutely. And I had okay. talked to two other vets that I'm friends with at the time. Mm-hmm. And they're like, from the way it sounds like it, they're like, if you want him to make it, you have to get him to Haggard's in Kentucky. So okay. our next thing was, can he make a five hour trailer ride? Mm hmm. So our vet gets here and she gives him IV fluids and with sugar in it. And he jumps up and starts nursing. And she was like, we went over and she had had a friend that works down there and she called him with her symptoms. And she goes, I don't think he has enough nose not to send him. So we gave him 
more plasma. And we loaded it. I went and got my friend's stock trailer so I could divide them in the trailer. So I didn't think you'd get stepped on or anything like that. Cause I was so nervous, you know, traveling five hours with a pool that's super, super sick, like on his deathbed. And we rolled into Kentucky about 3 a.m. And they like went to work on him. Wow. Yeah, it was it was a lot of up and downs. And of course, it was like my birthday was that day that we got him to Kentucky. And so like we everybody was praying for him. I swear the bets there and God saved him because I don't he shouldn't have made it. Like we were like, he's a miracle baby. Wow. Yeah. Do you feel that he's out of the woods? I think he, knock on wood, we did another test on Wednesday and his white cells were completely normal. And his SSA, that a test that reads for infection was zero. So hopefully he is mostly out of the woods. I always get nervous because I don't want to say he's out of the woods and something happened. But Right. I should actually, let me retract that. I don't want to give you any more negative (laughs) vibes. So I probably, let me retract that question and ask you, what are your hopes and dreams for him now that he's going to be just fine? Well, I keep joking around and say he's going to be my Congress champion because that's just my dream. (laughs) I'm like, I just want, you know what I mean? Like he's, he's going to do something special. I feel like if we get through all this, I truly think God has a plan for him because Mm -hmm. he shouldn't have made it out the way he did. Like he is just, he is the fighter. Like that's what they kept telling me in Kentucky. They're like, we had a couple of days that weren't the greatest. They're like, clinically, he might be the best, not the best. They're like, but he's fighting. They're like, we get him up. He wants to eat. You know, he wants to be here. He doesn't want to quit. And that was like one of my other things, like at the other place, they're like, you know, we're talking about, you know, maybe having to euthanize him and stuff, but mm-hmm. his, none of his organs ever shut down. Like all of his organs were ever, were always working good. It was just his white cells were so low and he had really loose stool and we couldn't get that under control. And I just feel like, you know, Kentucky's horse country and they deal with so many foals every single day that they just know what to do. And they're like, they text me and they call me all these updates and they would send me videos when I had to leave Kentucky. So they were just amazing. Oh, does it turn you off of raising babies? Uh, One would think so, but my husband thinks it's like crack for me and it just... (laughs) I still want to do it. I was like, I know I shouldn't, but I just, I just love the babies that I just, they just bring me a lot of joy. I think yeah. there's nothing cooler when your horses like go on to do something cool or, or even just make a kid happy. Like, I just love it. Mm-hmm. So boy, I tell you, you know, my daughter shows a mare and she's pretty special to us. And yes. I worry. And when she, when her show career is done, hopefully she's still going to be young enough to have a baby. Uh huh. But there are so many things that can go wrong. That's what I try to tell everybody. They want to be, you know, everybody's like, oh, I want to breed my horse. I'm like, yeah, but you have to, you always have to be ready for the what ifs. Like I've gotten to the point now where like, we have a great team down here that like our foals all get plasma. They all get checked out within 24 hours. But I'm like, there's a lot of cost in it that people don't understand and emotionally and financially. Oh, 100%. The purchase price on a yearling or a two-year-old, well-bred, a weanling, is very high. Mm-hmm. And it's and what people don't understand is that there are, like you've shared, so many hidden costs and so yep. much 
investment and the investment of time and emotion and effort and planning and strategizing and care that these babies are expensive to get on the ground. And there's a little bit of luck in there. Oh, for sure. And like for us, like even our babies that we sell, like they're part of the family. And like, I know the the other people that we talk to that breed, they feel the same way. Like we all love them, you know, like we have so much invested into them and but it is this luck that your baby is healthy, that it gets enough colostrum, that it's like, you know, that it gets everything that it needs. That I mean, they can't tell us what's wrong. Right. Do you, you mentioned the emotion of selling. Is it, is there an age that's easier to let them go at? Do you, do you prefer to sell a weanling? Would you rather see them go as a yearling or a two-year-old? Is there, is there I like a, this? I like to see them go as like a yearling or a two-year-old just because like, to me, like, yes, babies are cute. And you can tell to me, you can tell they are, I think this one's going to be fancy or this one's, you know, but like when you get to like the end of their yearling year and two year old years, you can see that like the ones that are going to be special. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the exciting part for me is just like seeing them like, I bred one last year that's down doing the lunge line training right now. And he's just, just so big and pretty. And it's just fun getting his updated pictures right now. And just like, you know, just see their like seeing their potential. And yeah. just like, that's fun for me. Yeah. How many babies do you guys have a year? We'll have three this year. We have, my brother-in-law has one other baby on the ground and then I'm waiting for my mare, my other mare to full one. Okay. And do you think that cross your fingers that maybe you've had all the bad luck you need this spring? I'm ho- really hoping so. My vets always tell everybody that if somebody's talking about breeding, they're like, call Hannah because she can tell you everything that can go wrong. (laughs) I mean, it's part of it and I still do it, but you know, there's a lot of lot that goes into it, but I'm hoping Fiona, my mare that's due next, she's normally textbook and she normally does it all by her own, own some. So I'm hoping Mm -hmm. that she does that. It's easy peasy. And you can just walk out one morning and go, Oh, look, a perfectly healthy baby. That's perfectly colored and perfectly perfect in every perfect Mm -hmm. way. That's what she did last year. She gave me my perfect roan and she had it at like 1030 in the morning. What a good girl. Yeah. My brother-in-law's horse did that this year for me too. It was born. It went into labor at 1130 in the afternoon and it was born by noon and ready to go. Awesome. Yeah. Do you have the whole recip mare thing? Do you guys deal with recip mares? Where do you, what do you, how do you feel about recips? Uh, we were actually just with all Janie's luck. That's what we were talking about doing with her next uh-huh. year okay. is just pulling embryos and doing a reset mare with her. I, yeah, I wondered about that. So then yeah. it's still her baby, but she doesn't have to carry it or yeah. it or go through all that. She also went 381 days with Theodore. Oh. So she was carried him extremely long also. Oh my goodness. Okay. Yes. So t- tell us a little about. Theodore's personality. What what are his likes? What are his dislikes? Oh, he is the hungry hungriest little man that there is. <laughs> like he just wants to eat. My vet's like, I don't really know if he should be eating hay yet, but you're not going to stop him. And he just <laughs> he loves life. Like he like you put him outside and he hops and eats and just he loves life. He just loves people. He doesn't oh. really love his temperature being taken anymore, which. I don't blame him mm-hmm. or when they have to do the ultrasound of his belly and put the cold rubbing alcohol on it. He's mm-hmm. a little over that, but he's a good baby. He, he, I think he knows that we saved his life and he just loves people. 
Well, and you talk about, you know, working with babies and getting them used to humans. Theodore has absolutely had a lot of attention. Yes. We're just like, he's either going to hate people or he's going to love them. (laughs) He's well-traveled, (laughs) well-handled. That's what my husband goes. He goes, he's traveled a lot more miles than most horses travel in a long time. Exactly. So, and you mentioned how you do sell your babies. Are you yep. going to sell Theodore or is he one that's going to just stick with you for <laughs> ever? probably stick around. As much as I have invested into him at this point, I don't think we could make enough out of him to sell him, to be yeah. honest, unless it was something ridiculous. Isn't that the truth? You know what I mean? And like also, it, a side story on Theodore, my stepdad passed away last year. And Theodore was actually the last horse we bred together. So my mom's oh. like, we have to save him too. So. He has a lot of history to him. So yeah, he's a pretty special baby. Well, and maybe your stepdad had a hand in guiding yes. you and kind of giving you that sense of we need to do something different to save this little boy's yep. life. And yeah, that's I bet I bet there's a little higher power there helping you out. Yes, I I totally agree. Hannah, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you. We like happy stories. Yes, so do I. And thank you for having us. It's nice to share Theodore's story. He's a fighter, so. And so when listeners, they want to see pictures of Theodore, uh, do you have a farm Facebook page? What is it your yep. personal? It's okay. Yeah, go my ahead and personal get... page, Hannah DeYoungi. They're just on there. Okay, spell, spell your last name. It's D-E-J-O-N-G-H-E. Perfect. Hey, my last name is Shinker, so I always have to spell that. But when people want to see pictures of baby Theodore, they know exactly where to go. So Yes, there's tons of pictures and videos of him. Well, I have to keep I, everybody updated. Yes, I look, I mean, every day when I get on Facebook, I mean, and I'm going to be honest, Hannah, I look through your stuff. I look through, you know, different trainers yeah. stuff and kind of flip through. I literally make sure every day I do a check-in to see if there's any updates and I'm yes. like crossing my fingers and holding my breath and we're cheering for Theodore to have a long and healthy life. Okay. Thank you. We appreciate it. (laughs) Yep. All right. Well, thanks for being on the podcast. Yes. Thank you. So that's our story this week. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to spending more time with you and sharing stories of our industry. See you next week.